Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and along with the Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, we welcome you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Today, Pastor Greg Scalzo will be starting the next sermon in his Through the Bible series on Heavenly Authority. You can find information about our church at shiarjeshub.org, and you can view our weekly Sunday message on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel. Here's Pastor Greg. Okay, let's finish 1 Corinthians chapter 14. In this section on the prophets as part of the Heavenly Authority series. Last time we left off uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 27 and 28, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. And we said that there was a limit placed, two or three. There was order imposed, each in turn. And the reason was for practical understanding, let it uh, be interpreted. There needed to be heard and it needed to be interpreted for practical understanding. But the instructions that Paul gives does not stop there. In verse 29, which we did not read last time, he said, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. So even prophecy, so far in chapter 14, he has spoken about the benefits of prophecy in the assembly over tongues. But now even prophecy is regulated. Paul has said uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. Okay, so he would desire them all to be able to prophesy. In chapter 14, up above in verse 24, but if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all. So he would like them all to have this gift if they all prophesy. But even given that, it must be in order. It must be in order so that it's understandable. It must be in order so that the church learns from it, is strengthened by it, so that the church can test each prophet, each prophecy, right? He says here, let two or three prophets speak. So again, there's a limit, two or three, right? And he says that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Later on, we'll read that again, it has to be done in turn. There's order to it. There's practical understanding. And he says, let the others, in the second part of verse 29, let the others judge that it can be tested. By having two or three, it allowed the prophecies each to be tested. So understandable, the church can learn and be strengthened by the prophecy. The church can test each prophecy, and there would be no competition, no boasting, no confusion. 
to edify. He's used this over and over in this section in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. That is the goal, right? That's the purpose. It's not so that someone can say, see, hey, I'm a prophet. I just got a prophecy. It's not for the church to be able to say, gee, God is present with us. We just had a prophecy. It is that we can learn from the prophecy, be edified by it, test, make sure, judge that it is from God, and then be able to benefit from what the Lord is trying to tell us in understandable words. Let two or three prophets speak. Then the next assembly, they get together, it might be two or three others speaking. So more than two or three can have the gift of prophecy. He would wish that they all could prophesy. But in an assembly, to be able to accomplish something in that church meeting, two or three, just like two or three tongues. And then what? Let the others judge. In the NIV, it says, the others should weigh carefully what is said. First, is it really of the Holy Spirit? And you're right back to what we studied in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Remember verse 19 to 22? Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test, test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Do not despise prophecies. Test. Remember back to what we read in 1 John, 1 John chapter 4, uh, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is is not of God, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming, and is now already in the world. And we've spoken about 1 John and the rest of 1 John, how the prophecy must line up with the gospel. It must line up with the word of God, giving glory and focus onto Jesus Christ. So test the message, judge it. The Greek word used here in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29, and let the others judge, is diakrino, diakrino. It means to separate thoroughly, to take apart and separate thoroughly. Figuratively, it means to discriminate, to divide, to discern, to decide, to judge. Very important word. It comes from dia, which is a preposition through, um, denoting the channel of the act, through, and crino, which means to separate, uh, to choose, to determine, to judge, to judge it through, to separate it through, to separate thoroughly. This is what is called for the church to do when the prophecy is delivered. Let the others judge and separate it thoroughly. Let them analyze it. If it is of the Lord, number one, right? And then it's not enough to just hear the prophecy. Obviously, when born-again believers come in and a person is anointed with the gift of prophecy, most of the time it's from the Lord in a born-again church. 
But it's not enough just to hear the prophecy. It's not enough just to feel the Spirit. It's not enough just to say, let's rejoice. Let us be happy that God has been among us. It's not enough. What did he say? Right? What was the message that was just delivered, that we felt the witness of the Spirit on? What does God want us to know? That's the purpose of the prophecy, to edify, not just to make us feel good. To edify that we would be strengthened and learn and have communication with God. Now, I've never seen this personally done in a Pentecostal church, but I would be all for someone or several people when there's a prophecy in the assembly, almost like a scribe, writing it down. And then have some time in the church service to discuss it and pray and say, Lord, you've told us this, and then pray for what the Lord has told us. Then you're in communication. Then it's not just people gathering together saying, wow, God is here. Isn't that wonderful? Well, of course it's wonderful. But what did he say? We were in a meeting years back where there were about 20,000 believers in a large uh, assembly, and there was a tongue and an interpretation, a tongue and an interpretation, and both messages were extremely important to the church, pretty much prophesying all that's happened since then that we've seen. This is back in the 1980s. And the people were walking out, and the feeling I got was that they were just so happy that the power of God was there. You could, you would like knocked off your feet by the presence of the Lord. But what did he say? What does it mean for us? I didn't hear anyone speaking about the content, the content of the prophecy, which is the most important thing, right? What did he say? So I would be all for someone actually writing the words down and then saying, now what is the Lord trying to tell us? So that the message edifies, builds up the church. Then he says in verse 30, after he says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge, he says, but if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. Uh, revelation comes, it'll say in the NIV, revealed. Again, last time I told you that word is apocalypto. Apocalypto. We get apocalypse from it. Uh, it means to take off the cover, to disclose, a disclosure, an understanding, a revelation. Could be another prophet getting a prophecy. Could be simply a spirit-anointed revelation of what has been said. More understanding, more in-depth understanding of what the first prophet just spoke. Someone who sits by or is sitting down. So you have really the first prophet standing up. That's what they would do. The speaker would stand up, deliver the prophecy. Then the second has a revelation. And again, you notice the need for maturity and experience in the Lord to know if you're supposed to stand now at that point and give the revelation. He stands up now and the other sits down and stays silent. The first stays silent. Now, someone might ask, but what if the first one was of the Lord and the second person stands to get attention and cuts the first one off who is giving a true message of the Lord? Why should the first one keep silent? And you can see how in a church where the gifts are overflowing, how you can get some competition and some... You know, we're used to things pretty quiet, but when the Spirit of God falls and there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit, you could have a lot of people starting to be in competition. You know, who's, who should speak, who should not speak? 
Well, the answer to that question, I think, is let the others judge. If every prophecy is being judged, and say someone does cut off the prophet, the first one, with something that they should not have said, if the church is analyzing, is judging, is thoroughly separating it, it'll become clear. It's going to become clear, and that's why it's so important that the others judge what's being said by every prophet in turn. And the Lord will ultimately compel, remember we read in Jeremiah, he will compel his true message to come through. So you have to trust the Lord to bring out and to use the assembly. And remember, you think back to that Council of Jerusalem, how he used all the different personalities in it to bring his will about. Paul is giving these rules here to allow order because if all of a sudden someone pops up and the other one keeps speaking, you know, gee, I'm not done yet, and another one pops up, you'll have total chaos. So when the second person rises, let the, what does he say here? He says, let the first keep silent. You can rehear this message, as well as hundreds of other radio Bible teachings, on our website at shiarjashub.org. You'll also find information about our church and Pastor Greg Scalzo, including a link to information about his award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer. Our Sunday message is live-streamed on the Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel at 10.30 a.m. Pastor Greg is currently teaching on Last Day Events. You can search YouTube to get to the channel or use the link we have placed on the www.shiarjashub.org website.